Unconscious and implicit bias and microaggressions. Brought to you by Assemble You. It's time to work on you. So sit back and listen to practical, actionable advice to accelerate your progress. In this track, we'll discuss unconscious and implicit bias. We'll learn what these terms mean, how they can make an environment discriminatory, and what we can do and not do to treat people equally. But let's start by exploring the judgments we all make and how they can lead to unconscious and implicit bias. If you walk into a dark room and turn on the light switch, it's a fact that it'll turn on the light. Except that, every so often, it won't turn on. A bulb will have died, or a fuse somewhere will have blown. So it's not truly a fact, it's just highly likely based on the daily information we've amassed when we press the switch and the light has appeared. It's estimated that the average adult makes 35,000 decisions a day. That's a decision every 2.5 seconds. It's mentally taxing, so making this type of assumption, taking some shortcuts to make life easier, it's necessary. Unfortunately, the thinking patterns which enable you to take shortcuts in day-to-day life decisions can be detrimental. They lead us to forming stereotypes, judging people based on factors outside their control, and generally making bad decisions. This is our unconscious or implicit bias, the bias that we hold in our day-to-day view of the world that we may not even be aware of. Our brain constantly absorbs information, makes connections and familiarises itself with changing scenarios. Unfortunately, those connections are not factual or infallible. Quite the contrary. Based on limited information, our judgments are equally limited, which leads to unconscious bias. The 2010 Equality Act in the UK and the United States Federal Anti-Discrimination Law protect certain characteristics, including, but not limited to, age, disability, gender and religion. So you must avoid threatening these characteristics via biased behaviour. There are many ways in which unconscious bias can take form. Let's take gender bias as an example. Historically, women with the same skills and job experiences have been hired less often than their male equivalents. In fact, a UK government study showed that men in the UK earn 17.9% more than women on average. This may tie into another form of unconscious bias called affinity bias. People tend to like others who are like them in terms of appearance, background or belief. So if men have historically been in higher ranking positions, affinity bias makes them more likely to hire other men for similar high ranking roles as they share the same gender or look similar. Another form of unconscious bias is attribution bias, which correlates people's actions to unrelated or possibly untrue characteristics. For example, suppose another employee is occasionally late to work. In that case, a biased interpretation could be that they were lazy or had a poor work ethic. In reality, there could be any number of explanations. They may have family commitments, rely on unreliable public transport, or have ill health, which would not reflect their character or abilities. Let's work together through a few different examples. Imagine you're a manager looking to hire a new employee for your business. You're very busy, but you find out that of the two people who have applied for the job, one is 20 years old and the other is 30 years old. Suppose this was the only information you had to go off. In that case, some people may automatically hire the older applicant because they expect that being older, they will have more experience to bring to the workplace. 
This would be ageism bias, treating people differently based on their age alone. So often in life, we don't have all the information, so this bias may be helpful in the event of uncertainty. However, suppose the 20-year-old had two years of relevant experience, whereas the 30-year-old had none. In this scenario, relying on your assumption would have been detrimental to your business. Let's take another example. Again, you're a manager, but this time you have a group meeting with five staff members to discuss a new project you'd like to work on. You ask the group if they agree that it's a good idea, and they all say, yes it is. You start work on the project, and then quickly realise it isn't going to plan. How could this be? All your staff said it would be a good idea. Perhaps your team fell for conformity bias, which shows how we can easily be influenced by others when we are in a group. By asking them if they agreed that it's a good idea, you may have influenced their personal opinions by suggesting it was good from the offset. The staff may not have wanted to go against the group view. Perhaps they disagreed initially, but seeing everybody else agree made them think they had missed something everyone else had seen. Maybe they just didn't want to disagree with their boss for fear of their reputation. Whichever way, the outcome was the same. Confirmation and survivorship bias can be two fascinating forms of unconscious bias that tie into one another. Confirmation bias is the tendency to seek out and interpret information to confirm what we already believe. Survivorship bias is where we only focus on successful events and actions and don't think about the unsuccessful ones. There is an excellent story from World War II that illustrates these phenomena. While looking to reduce the number of aircraft casualties, the US military noticed that returning planes received the most bullet holes in their wings and tails, with few going through the engine. The US military's conclusion was simple. The wings and tails were clearly vulnerable, so they needed armouring. When adding armour wasn't reducing the number of aircraft casualties, they brought in a statistician named Abraham Wold. Wold realised that they had fallen prey to survivorship bias because their analysis was missing a valuable part of the picture the planes that were hit, but that hadn't made it back. The holes in the wings and tail actually indicated areas where they could take damage and still allow the aircraft to fly back home. Therefore, it was the engines that were the most vulnerable. So the story goes, Wald helped significantly reduce US Air Force casualties through the rest of the war. It's important not to fall victim to this type of bias in business. For example, focusing only on the data, which shows things are going positive, lets problems go unnoticed and untreated. One way in which unconscious biases can negatively manifest is in microaggressions. These are part of a different type of biased behaviour that can lead to others feeling not accepted or feeling disliked for things they can't control. Microaggressions can be subtle verbal or non-verbal insults based on a person's characteristics, be that ethnicity, sexuality or religion to name a few. Microaggressions may or may not be intentional. The recipient of them may even be used to receiving them, but that doesn't make them less hurtful or more acceptable, so we need to be very careful to avoid them. A typical example of a microaggression is asking an ethnic minority person where they are from, and if they answer they're British, questioning their parents' heritage. A good approach for this is to think if you were in their shoes, would you want people to constantly bring up the thing about them that is different from you? More often than not, people want to feel accepted, not have their differences highlighted. Focus on your common ground rather than your differences. Bias is an inherent trait of all of us. It is our nature to draw conclusions from whatever information we have. 
but there are some things we can do to prevent our biases from negatively impacting others or contributing to a toxic working environment or outcome. A paper by Kathleen Nolte titled Strategies for Confronting Unconscious Bias suggests asking ourselves questions to help identify and interrupt our potential unconscious biases. As something to take from today, ask yourself these questions and see if you can spot any potential biases you may have yourself by the answers you give. Who are my go-to colleagues in the workplace and why? Do they share any characteristics or traits? Does anybody make me feel uncomfortable in the workplace and why? If you tend to avoid them, why do you dislike spending time around them over other people? How would you describe your friends outside of work? What mutual interests do you have? Accepting that we have unconscious biases is essential to being more inclusive. Harvard University provides an implicit association test which can help you identify what biases you have and how to best address them. As another takeaway from today, try to make considered decisions instead of rushing as your biases are more likely to come through when you rush.